Please welcome uh, Pastor Tom Ewing to the front. And Suzanne, his wife, she's amazing. Welcome her as well. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, I'm not like a preacher preacher guy, so I'm gonna sit down. I'm more like, I like to come sit in your living room and let's just talk about the Lord and talk about our lives. So that's kind of what we're gonna do today. And uh, we're gonna look at a bunch of scriptures and we're gonna ask a bunch of questions. And hopefully through that, God will speak some stuff to us and encourage us uh, in our lives. Um, Suzanne and I have been married 36, is that right? Years and a half, something like that, long time. We've got three kids, we've got some grandkids, and uh, man, life's, life's really cool. Um, a couple years ago, my grandson Jackson, who's now 11, I don't know, maybe he you know, would have been nine at the time, and he started playing baseball. And, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, when my kids were growing up, I always liked to coach their teams. And even if I didn't know the sport, I'd just get out there and say stuff and tell them to do things, you know. And uh, no, but I educated myself and all that. But anyway, so Jackson, he's over at our house one day and I'm like, hey, let's go out and work on your batting. And he's like, no, I want to just play. And I'm like, no, come on, we'll go work on your batting. You know, we'll sharpen your skills, you know. So he, he gets up there in his little batting stance, and I'm getting ready to throw him the ball. And I'm, I'm going through this list of all the things he should do. I'm like, okay, now, balance you know, your feet a little bit more on the backside, you know, right here. Now, put your hands up. Now, make sure your, your right elbow's up like that. Okay, now, I'm going to throw the ball. Make sure your eyes follow the ball all the way to the bat. And once you swing, if you miss, your eyes should be staying here, not out there where you think the home run's going to be. But you need to keep your eye on the ball, watch it hit the bat, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just going through a list after thing, after thing, after thing. I'm like, are you ready? <clears throat> he goes, Papa, you're just telling me way too many things, he says. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys. I know in, in my life, walk with the Lord and Suzanne and I in our, in our endeavor to keep growing in God and serving him, that so many times we, we get so many add-ons. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I should do that. That we're like Jackson paralyzed in the batter's box, you know. I just have too many things to think about, you know. And hopefully today, we're going to just look at some scriptures and some stuff Jesus said about entering into the life of God. We were singing a, some really great songs, some of my favorite songs. And uh, two thumbs up to David and the band, wherever you guys are. Great job. Yeah. Excellent, man. Ooh, love it. And, um, you know, this is how we fight our battles. And then, um, and we're talking about the name and his name and the power in the name and the victory that we have in the name. Uh, but sometimes we're looking at our lives going, yeah, I believe that, but I'm not seeing the victory, you know, in my life. And uh, so hopefully today we're going to simplify some stuff and, and we're going to go through some scriptures that we've all heard, but just kind of ask ourselves questions about what God is really saying uh, is our part, and what God is saying is his part. Is that cool? Yeah. Let's stand together, and we're going to read a couple scriptures, okay? So we're going to read all these together. Let's put the first one up, John 10. Uh, the thief comes only, okay, no, we're going to do this together, right? I know, I kind of came out of the chute really fast. Here we go. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Hang on there for a second. Why is this sometimes good news and sometimes bad news and most time a little both? 
Because we see ourselves on both sides, don't we? We're like, yeah, I know Jesus came to give life abundantly, but I can look at my life and see that there's some stuff that's gotten ripped off. I can see some things in my life that have been destroyed or, or you know, they're ashes or it, there's, there's destruction. So sometimes we read scriptures like this and automatically we go into, yeah, you know, if I could just have a C plus life in Jesus, that'd be cool. It's better than average, kind of, almost, barely, you know. <laughs> but the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, this is the guy we were just singing about who has the name above every name. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, verse 11, I am, together, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus uh, qualifies himself as the good shepherd. Why is that important for you and I? Because he looks after us in a good way, right. <laughs> you know, He's, he's thinking good things. I was just thinking about scripture this morning that we all know in Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you. Do you know that the good shepherd has some thoughts in his brain about you? I mean, like you, not just city lights. Because you're parts of city light, part of city lights, you know, you get kind of grafted into all the good stuff he has. Well, yes, he does have great stuff for city lights, but he has really good stuff for you. And what does Jesus say? I mean, how, how invested is he in this being a good shepherd guy thing? He lays down his life. He's so full into you. I just want you to know, right? I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get on the other stuff, but God is so into you. He's so invested in you. Let's go to the next scripture out of the same chapter. Jesus is giving us more detail about this good shepherd thing, how he's bringing us into life. Earlier, he says, to him, the gatekeeper opens. To him is the good shepherd. Gatekeeper is the father is opening this way into life. The sheep, let's say it together. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Going to the next one. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Next one. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. So what's Jesus doing here in this little portion of the scripture? What are the things that Jesus is doing? Do you remember? He's guiding, okay, he's leading. And what else is he doing? He's speaking. And, and what does it say about us, the sheep, uh, regarding his speaking? We know, we know his voice. We can hear it. He says, the sheep hear my voice. Now, sometimes I don't know about you, but for me, I got a lot of voices running around in my head. I, I mean, on every, any given day, like right now, there's probably two dozen in there right now, and I'm just trying to <laughs> stay on track, you know. And part of our problem in life, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more this morning, is discerning the voice of God. And when we're talking about, you know, he's going to fight my battles, I've got victory in the name of Jesus. Jesus is saying right here, yes, I have this for you. I have this abundant life, which by the way, doesn't mean he's going to make you like mega rich and you're just going to have a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it does include 
giving you enough prosperity in order to meet your needs. But what he's talking about is an abundant life on all levels, relationally, spiritually, your own relationship with God, your relationship in God with other people, uh, fulfilling dreams that go above and beyond anything you can ask or think. I mean, that's, it's crazy stuff. And he's just, and, and, and really it relates back to what he spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. Well, he, he and the Trinity were like high-fiving after they set it all up and made everything. They're like, man, this is awesome. High-five Jesus, Holy Spirit. High-fives all around. And then he was like, this is so good. And the, and the Hebrew language, that word good doesn't mean C+. It means best and none better. One of the translations says, best in the wildest sense. Think outside the box. How crazy blessed. How much could I enjoy life? God's like, well, you can't even understand it. You can't comprehend it, Paul says. But this is what I have for you. If you'll just go with me. And he says, the way you're going to go with me is by hearing what I have to say. Okay, here, Jesus is making it really simple. Here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to you, okay? Come on up here. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to grab your hand, and then you just follow me. If you have questions, I'll keep talking. You just ask me. I mean, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Yay, Ev. Um, so that's what he's inviting us into. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I grew up in Greeley, or if you even care. What's that? My wife's giving me hand signals. Um, no, I'm not going to let, let them sit down yet. They have to stay up. Um, so I grew up in Greeley uh, in 1965. I lived in Philadelphia. My dad put us in a covered wagon. We moved west. We killed uh, buffalo, used their skins for our clothing and stuff like that. Um, and then we got to Greeley, and I grew up in Greeley. Went to Maple. I was a Maplewood Mustang, a Heath Panther, a Greeley Central Wildcat. Any wildcats in the house? Come on now. Woo. So anyway, I know we're in Spartan land over in this side of the town, aren't we? So yeah, who? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Quick story. We're going to pray and then you can sit down. Okay. So when I grew up, my, my mom, I was oldest of five kids and she was just like, I cannot stand the summers with all my kids in the house at all times. So they signed us up for some membership at Hillside Swimming pool. Anybody know Hillside? Is it even ex in existence today? Okay. So it's kind of like the poor middle class to poor man's country club. <laughs> at least it was at the time. And we'd go over there and, and we'd be, you know, swimming and all that kind of stuff. My mom would drop us off and then she'd come back to pick us up. Now, this is how mom would get our attention. And there was like a couple hundred kids in there. I mean, a swimming pool in the summer and the kids are like going crazy, right? Like, ah! I mean, you go into a swimming pool, it's not passive. It's not, you don't go there just to get some margin in your mind. You go there just, you know. And so, but my mom would do this. She'd park the car, she'd walk in after we're in there, and we're, who knows where we are? There's five of us, we're just all over the place. And she'd walk around the corner of the little office and go, and she'd whistle. And her whistle wasn't like, I can go, you know, I can really be loud that way. Or you can go, a lip whistle. Hers was a teeth-only whistle. 
That was her whistle. And she would, in the middle of all that noise, go, shh. She'd maybe do it twice, and we'd all hear it. In the middle of all this commotion. And uh, no, honestly, I'm, I'm not lying. One time, I heard it underwater. <laughs> you know how you can be underwater and you hear this little kind of, kind of all the roar of sound up there? And I'm under there like this, and I hear, I'm like, what? I can't escape this lady, you know. But the, but the cool thing was, that little sound to me meant, uh, I'm going to take you from here to there. I'm going to take you from where you are to wherever we're going, which usually was back home, but who knew where it was? It didn't really matter. It also represented goodness. It also represented food, <laughs> shelter, care, love. And if I would respond to it and my, and my senses were tuned to follow that, I knew it would lead me into good things. And the Lord's inviting us today to just be a little more attentive to his, his words, not just a whistle. But, but sometimes he's like, you, tapping us on the shoulder in different ways. So um, let's just open to our, our hearts today to the Lord and uh, ask him to tune us into his voice. Lord, we come to you today. We thank you that you're the good shepherd. You desire good things for us as your people, as your children. You call us by name. You don't just call us collectively. Hey, body of Christ. Hey, Greeley folks. Hey, city lights people. And you do that, but you also do it straight to us, straight to our own hearts. Your voice comes to us in order to lead us from the place that we are into the places that you have for us one step at a time. And would you just help us, Lord, to maybe just uh, have our faith rekindled in the fact that you can do really amazing things in our lives as we Learn to tune into your voice, to hang on to what you're saying, and to follow you through life. We give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. High five three people super fast. Have a seat. <clears throat> Good job. Yeah. And thank you, Suzanne, for reminding them to sit down. She's like, they've been standing for 45 minutes. Let's, let's, let's let them sit. <laughs> thank you. Um, one of the things Suzanne and I have been doing, we, we were part of Res, you know, for a bunch of years and a bunch of faces here are part of Res people. And I know Pastor John was here a few weeks ago or something like that and just heard everybody like, yeah, Pastor John. So we have a great legacy that we came from there and, and perpetuate as we go around and do different things. And, and we're so blessed by Kurt and Emily and just leadership team here and hearing what the Lord's doing here and being able to pop over a few times just to kind of see what's, I mean, I'm, I was so, I'm just sitting there going, can I just sit here in this chair and then let you guys worship and help me go to the throne and speak words of life? And I mean, I'm like, I don't need to say anything. You know, God's doing really great stuff here, you guys. You, you know that, that's why you're here. Yay! Woo! Um, and part of what Suzanne and I have been doing since we uh, launched out of Res 11 years ago, 11 years, um, is uh, we've been going around doing worship and kind of worship consulting and helping churches and stuff like that. But the other thing is we've been doing retreats 
for groups of people, leadership teams, kind of all over the place. We were in Memphis, Tennessee last weekend doing one uh, about just kind of a spiritual renewal thing. So I'm going to give you just a little teeny version of that, just some of the stuff that we talk about. And uh, it's been something that, that we've been kind of doing for the last 10 or, 10 or so years, helping another, another couple that, that brought, invited us to come help them do these retreats. And, uh, and it's been life-changing for us. It's, it's taken a lot of the complication out of just following the Lord and just realizing really it's way more on him than it is on us. Uh, but we have to cooperate with what he wants to do. So anyway, we're going to look at a scripture here. Let's read it together. You don't have to stand though. Uh, John 15, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser too. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Next. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Let's read that one again. Neither can you. Okay, look at yourself. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Okay, next. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into... Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Cool. So this is actually Jesus' final little pep talk, two-minute warning. My, my time on the earth is almost over here, boys. Let's get together and do some bullet points. These are the big items. And he goes through several things in, uh, in this part of John, John uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And he's talking to him about stuff. Right in the middle of it, he says, now this is how we're going to do this. And it's really profound. Because he doesn't say, I'm like the vine. He goes, I am the vine. When Jesus says, I am, we really need to pay attention to those, those times. More than the kingdom of God is, well, let's see. It's, how can I explain this? Well, it's kind of like, he does that a lot. And so we need to make sure we separate the kind of likes from the I am's. This is an I am. I am the vine. Uh, you, uh, you're the branches. The Father is the vine dress. Okay, so let's go through this. Jesus says he is the what? The vine. The Father is the vine dresser, and we are branches. So let's do job descriptions here super fast. What is the job description? Just kind of think non-spiritual, just, just like earthly vines and grapes and trees and apples and all that kind of stuff. What's the job description of a vine or a tree trunk? To feed, to support, to be a foundation, to hold the fruit, to grow. What was that? Feed. Okay. So when a vine wakes up in the morning, Alarm goes off. What, what does he need to make sure he's doing in order to fulfill his job description? 
stay in the ground, <laughs> you know. I mean, pretty elementary. If you get out of the ground, things aren't gonna go, go well for you. Stay in the ground, draw nutrients, and then pass them on. Not a real big job description. Stay in the ground, draw nutrients, pass them on to the branches. Now, what, what would be the job description of a vine dresser? Trim. And, and who does he, what does he say about the trimming in that scripture, if you'll remember it? He says that there's branches that are dead. Yeah, let's get rid of them. If there's branches that are producing fruit, prune so that more fruit can be produced. And, and this is kind of a hard one for us to get our heads around because we're like, but this is good. Have you, have you ever been doing something good for the Lord and something good's happening and there's good fruit happening and you're like, this is great. And God's like, yeah, snip. You know, <laughs> you know. Ah, why'd you do that? You know. And, you know, sometimes God does it involuntarily on our side. We're not, I'm volunteering for this pruning. Uh, he's just like, well, I'm just going to do it because you really need it. Um, other times he speaks to us about it, doesn't he? And invites us to yield to what he's doing in our lives. So what are other things that are on the uh, vine dresser job description? Sorry? Guiding. Okay. Shaping. Molding, okay, think earthy, think grapes and stuff like that. Weeding, he's watching out for, so who's in charge if there's predators that, that come around and try to like mess up the production? Who's, who's in charge of dealing with that? The vine dresser, Is a branch, can the branch do much about that? No, just like, help, I'm a branch. I can't do anything. Okay, um, does the vine dresser, is he kind of just do his job in stages? Like in the spring, does he make sure all the vines are good and everything? And then he goes on vacation for three weeks. Then he comes back and, oh yeah, it looks good to me. Just kind of looks at it in general and then goes on another three-week vacation. How often do you think the vine dresser thinks about the vines? All the time. Does he care about the weather? Does he stay up on weather reports? Yes. They know when there's weather coming around the corner because they want to protect the vines, protect the branches, protect the fruit. And uh, basically, the vine dresser is in charge of everything. The vine doesn't really have much to say about it. The branches for sure don't. And it's all on the vine dresser. So here's one for you. Who is in charge of producing the fruit? The vine dresser. The, the vine dresser is in charge of fruit production. This is a big one. When, when Suzanne and I started applying this to our life in how we relate with one another, in how we relate with our children and grandchildren, in how we do ministry and life, this was a game changer. We are not in charge of fruit production. The vine dresser is. And, and it says that, that the branch is supposed to bear the fruit, but not produce it. Everybody say, God's in charge of production in my life. My job is to bear whatever he produces. Cool.
So the vine dresser's in charge of everything. And we could go through just list after list after list after list. If you talk to a, a vine dresser or someone who's overseeing a vineyard, their, their to-do list is massive. It's all on them. And what do they want? What are they after? Great fruit, okay? And why do you think he would prune something that is good? To make it better, yeah. See, the vine dresser is a super smart guy or gal, but in this case, well, we're not going to get into what sex is God and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, uh, God, our Father, is a super smart vine dresser. And he knows the exact things in your life that need uh, to be cut off in order to get those nutrients. Because a vine dresser is super excited when he sees fruit happening. He's like, oh, look at this, Jesus. They're doing their high five thing again. They're like, yes, there's life coming into, into this child of mine, into this branch. And I want to make sure that life gets to, to where it needs to go in order for maximum fruit to happen. That's why we can trust God when he prunes stuff in our lives. Because we know he has the best in mind for us, for the people around our lives and all that kind of stuff. And here's a little something that, that's kind of crazy. We were doing one of these retreats one time and this guy just starts laughing as we're talking about this. I'm like, what are you laughing about? He goes, well, I, I, I'm kind of an amateur grapevine grower guy. He lives in downtown Loveland and he said, I wanted to grow some grapes. So he got some grapevines, started growing the grapevines. And the first year he was trimming and pruning and going, you know, reading Wikipedia, you know, how do I do this? and all that kind of stuff. And then the next year he got into it, I think he was brewing beer or something else. This guy goes from hobby to hobby to hobby, and he's actually like a semi-professional in all of them. But anyway, he says the next year, uh, he gets a knock on his door from his neighbor two houses down and says, hey, uh, your grapevines are in my yard. He's like, what? And he hadn't even thought about them. And the grapevine started growing. One of the branches grew clear across this guy's yard. He said it was actually planted on like this side of my backyard, grew clear across to this side of my backyard, clear across the next neighbor's backyard and into the two houses over neighbor's backyard. The guy said, I saw this thing growing on my fence and I'm like, where's that coming from? And I traced it back to your stinking grapevine. And, and, and here's what happens. A branch left to itself will spend all of the life coming into it on itself. It's just kind of the way us branches roll. We're like, oh, this life is so great. Yeah, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I can. And we just spend it on ourselves. And the problem with that is very little fruit develops on the branch. You have a big branch or a big long branch, but no fruit. And when a vine dresser gets a hold of a branch that has life coming, man, he chops it down. We were privileged this summer to have a dream come true and go to Italy, yeah, which was really awesome. And, you know, we got our way paid because we were asked to help with a thing over there. And we're like, this is great. Thank you, Lord. We've always wanted to go, but never really, you know, had the resource to spend it on doing something like that. So God totally blessed us. And we took a couple extra days on either side of the retreat to just goof around, get a car and drive around. And we were driving through Tuscany 
Yeah, it's just blast, just every day. We get a little picnic lunch and we just drive all day long and pull over and make out and eat food. And Whoops, I wasn't supposed to say that part. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> but we did a little bit. Anyway, but I was curious because we've been doing this vine thing, you know, it's been in our minds. And so we spent a lot of time, we'd pull over in a place where we could just kind of walk through the vines. And there was this one vineyard that was so prolific, so much fruit growing on this thing. And we're, we're just like, wow, this is amazing. And we, we walked in there and the vines were very small. I mean, I mean, they were, they were like this tall and then they'd curl over like this and they were on like this little trellis thing. So each vine came out of the ground and went like this, and that was about it. And it otherwise, it was all trimmed off, except for just select branches that came off the top, like this. And the fruit on it was massive. I mean, you had all this life coming into the vine, and it was just shoving it into these very few branches, and the fruit was incredible. And we're just like, God, okay, help us to simplify. Help us to... Be attentive when you want to cut something off our life. Help us to say yes to you rather than looking at what we think is good and all that kind of stuff in our lives. So a branch, think about a branch. What's the job description of a branch? Hang on. Good thing. Branch wakes up in the morning. <gasps> Alarm clock goes off. Hang on or you're dead, okay? Number one, hang on or you're not going to live much longer. Um, and then what else? to grow, but think, how does a branch grow? By just hanging on and receiving the nutrients from the, from the vine. And so, uh, and cooperating, I mean, we heard, we heard about this pruning thing and cooperating with the pruning. So when the branch is there and the, and the vine dresser comes, you know, not, not trying to do a ninja move and go, get out of the way of the shears, you know when the shears come, but just say, okay, God, I, I, I trust you with what you're doing in my life. And then it goes on in, the, in John 15, and it says, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will produce fruit and all this great stuff will happen. You remember we talked back in John 10 that Jesus said, the way I'm gonna lead you is with my words. I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna let you know about stuff. Um, let's pop over to um, John 8 real quick and look at the scripture there. This is another time where Jesus is talking to the gang. So Jesus said to them, let's read it together. When you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the father taught me. Go to the next one. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Hold on there for a sec. Um, so Jesus is given a, given a little snapshot here. By the way, boys, this is how I roll. This is how I do the stuff. I don't have all the answers. Other places in the Bible, it says, I do nothing without hearing him speak. I do nothing without seeing him do stuff. And he invites me into it. I mean, he, over and over and over and over. And the disciples are constantly saying, how do you do this stuff? And he's just like, it's really simple. I'm completely dependent on the Father. And then it goes on and says this. Uh, in verse 30, 
30. As he was saying these things, many believed. Oh, wow. Okay, I get it. Verse 31. So Jesus says to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We've heard that scripture like a jillion times, haven't we, most of us who've been in church world for a while. Um, if you abide in my words. Now, some translations, you might have NIV. It says, if you hold to my teachings. New, new, anybody have a new international version? Or no, what is it? NLT. Anybody have an NLT on you today? It, it says something like, if you'll follow my teachings or something like that, which when you read one of those translations, it would make you feel like God is saying, if you'll just do what I tell you to do, then you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. But that's not what this is saying. So some of those other translations just mis, misinterpret the, the, the punchline, which is if you'll abide, if you'll hang on, which means what? I've got to recognize first. I've got to be tuning in. And when I get these little glimpses of what God is saying to me, I better grab onto those things. And God will go out of his way. I mean, think of it. The king of the universe that made everything that made you, that made everybody in this room, everybody in this world, goes out of his way to say something to you, don't you think we should pay attention? I mean, don't you think, you know, like you're, you're driving your kid to school or something, and, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, oh gosh, I got to make sure I, you know, pick up some more bread on the way home. And so you'll write something, or you'll write that down, right? Oh yeah, get my date. Um, but many times when the Lord's tapping us on the shoulder, whether it's in a church service and all of a sudden Pastor Kirk's teaching and some little thing piques your interest, you're like, oh my gosh, that's good. I'm going to have to make sure to tell Pastor Kirk that was really good. Instead of like, okay, God, you're saying something to me. I should write that down. I should pay attention. Or you're reading in your Bible, you're going through your one-year Bible, and all of a sudden you hit something, you're like, whoa, that's, wow, that's cool. Underline, go on. And so many times I think we're hearing him, but because we just kind of blow it off and we keep going, and sometimes we, we get a little bit of a spiritual buzz because we hear him. It would be like my granddaughter the other day, she's at her house yesterday having a meltdown, number uh, three years old, Farah, having a meltdown, you know, and we're saying, Farah, now you need to stop doing that. Now, you know, and then what, what if Farah would have said, oh my gosh, Papa talked. That is so cool. Yay, Papa talked. Well, yes. And we're, and I mean, as we're laughing, we're that way sometimes with prophetic words, with things that the Lord says to us, with we hit a scripture, we underline it. Oh, that's cool. And then we go on, we just kind of blow it off instead of holding on to it. So what this scripture means here is hold on to what he's saying and keep holding on. Like the word that uh, Kathy had about healing this morning. Actually, this morning when I was getting ready, I was going over, I was reading something else this morning, just abiding in his word, that some stuff he's been saying to me and the word healing popped up. And I thought, God wants to just underscore healing this morning. And so when you said that, I thought, wow, that's cool. I paid attention to that too. And so I'm going to join my faith with that. But sometimes healing comes in an instant. Sometimes God gives you a healing word and he's like, I want to heal you. And you're like, you're like the guy that said, I believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> I kind of believe it and I kind of don't. And is that a problem with God? No, 
He's like, cool, that's cool with me, I knew that. Just stay with me, just keep asking me, are you really gonna heal me? Just keep asking me, are, are you really gonna do this? And hold on to the things I'm saying to you and then it will happen. Because then it says this, if you will hold on to my, can we go back to that scripture? Um, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, next. And you will know, and the word know there is experience, personal experience. You won't just accumulate knowledge in your brain. You hang on to what I'm saying, keep hanging on, keep hanging on, and then it will manifest and you'll experience the truth and the truth will bring you into freedom. Isn't that just amazing? So whose job is it to bring me into freedom? Whose job is it to speak to me and lead me? Whose job is it to be guiding my life into new realms of abundant life? It's his. And what's my job? Listen. Yeah, hang on to what he's saying and just stay with him. It's like, I, I, I don't know how to follow you, Jesus. I don't know where you're going. He's like, I am where I am. I mean, maybe that should be a scripture. You know, I am the, that I am, I don't know. I am where I am. Jesus, I'm right here with you. Just stay with me. Keep talking to me. And I'm gonna get you where you need to go. We had a, uh, a situation last year, uh, part of kind of what I've been doing the last several years is helping churches go through transitions. And there was a fairly large church in our state that um, the, the senior pastor had been there a long time. There were, things were kind of melting down, you know, kind of falling apart. They're about half the numbers on a weekend that they would normally have. Um, he was having some staff people leave, some that they had to make cuts because of... Uh, you know, financial reasons because they didn't have the numbers. Others were just going to go, you know, move across the country for some other reason. One of his best young pastors was doing that. And uh, right in the middle of that, and he'd been pastoring this church 30 years, right in the middle of that worship world blows up and there's just kind of a big controversy there and they didn't handle it super well. So everybody's mad at the pastor and he's just like, freaking out. And he's just, he was hoping he could kind of like what Pastor John did at Res is have someone come in that he would mentor and then send that, you know, and just have a great transition out. And, um, and this guy calls us and says, hey, could you just come do some worship some weekend and just bring some happy into our place? You know, we're really struggling. I'm like, yeah, great. I can do happy and because I'm hooked up to the joyful one, you know, so we'll do, we'll do some worship. And afterwards, we went out and had lunch with the pastor and his wife, Suzanne, and I did. And he was telling me about all this stuff. He goes, I just don't know. Maybe I just need to quit and just realize, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I mean, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And maybe I just need to get out of the way. I was hoping I wouldn't have to end this way, but maybe that's what I have to do. And uh, we're at a Chinese place, I think. Not that that really has anything to do with it. <laughs> it was just, it was picturing it in my mind. I think I had an egg roll just about to go in my mind. Yeah, you know, how you relive those moments. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I have a lot of little voices in my head <laughs> at any given time. But I said, has God told you anything about this? Has he spoken to you? He goes, oh yeah. I'm like, well, he has? He goes, yeah, he's told me three things. I'm like, seriously? Because usually people in those uh, situations haven't been hearing God say anything. And then the, what we'll do is we'll say, well, let's go to him together and just see what he has to say about this because he's super smart and he knows where he's bringing you and blah, 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 blah. 
So he's like, yeah, God told me three things. He told me, number one, he hasn't brought me this far to leave me. Good news. Number two, he said that he would rebuild my staff. I'm like, shoot, this is great. And then he said, and I'm like, what's the third thing? He said, well, you're gonna have a short run with your new staff and then you'll be able to leave on a, on a, on a high. It'll be going up and you'll be able to get out and, and it'll be awesome. And I'm like, bro, that's really good news. He goes, yeah, but I just don't know how it's gonna happen and blah, da, 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 da. And so we entered into uh, uh, like a nine-month thing it ended up being, walking with him through this transition. And I said, you know, and he said, could you help us with worship? I said, how about I'll just take care of worship world so you don't have to worry about it. And I'll oversee it and I'll come in, you know, regular semi regular lead worship and make sure all the holes are plugged and they'd lost half their worship team and I'll bring some friends in from the outside and we'll just, you know, get that thing ramped up while you're just having the Lord do what he said that he would do. But it was the funniest thing because he kept fretting about it all the time. And, and I'd go to their staff meetings when I was in town and I'd sit there and he's like, I don't know what we're gonna do. I had this guy that I, and he was really wanting to find a successor and a main worship pastor, two components to be the new head people of his staff that would like lead this thing in the future. Two hard hires for a large church, especially. I mean, a successor, usually the search for a successor takes at least two years on an average church that's looking, looking for that. And so um, we come out of staff and he's, he's like, it, it, you know, he'd be saying in the meeting, I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know what we're gonna do. But you know, this one guy that I thought would be a great successor, he doesn't want anything to do with it. He doesn't sound very interested. I'm really getting ticked off at him. And I'm like, I'm like okay, well, maybe he's not the one. That, that's fine, you know. And we'd walk out of staff meeting and he'd be all stressed out. And time after time after time, I would say, do you remember what God spoke to you? And it would be like deer in the headlights. I'm like, God told you, and I'd rattle it off. And he goes, you're paying way more attention to what God's saying to me than I am. I'm like, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to be your little buddy and just keep reminding you what God's saying. Honestly, honestly, that was like my main, I mean, we took kind of help worship world, but the main focus was let's keep remembering what the Lord is saying. And then, he'd, and then he'd kind of hang on. Oh, that's right. Okay, great. And then the next meeting, uh, a week later, he's like, I don't know what we're gonna do. This worship guy I thought would be the guy. He's not the guy. He's kind of a jerk. I'm like, well, you know, whatever. Let's just trust God and, you know, whatever. And came back to it and came back to it. Long story short, uh, within like five months, God brings him a successor which he just turned the church over to him last month and brought him a worship pastor, both supernaturally. The, the, the successor guy was a young guy in, in Kansas, was part of a church there. He calls up this pastor and says, I, I know this is crazy, but I had a dream last night that I resigned my church and I was gonna come on staff with you. And I don't think that means that I'm supposed to be on staff with you. It just means that I should reach out to you and you could help me process this because my wife and I have been praying and fasting for three months because we know there's a change happening. And it doesn't make sense to us because everything is going great. And this pastor goes, okay, I'll talk. You know, <laughs> he ends up being the successor. Within like two months, he'd moved out and was on staff. 
And same thing happened, basically a supernatural thing with, with, with the worship guy, um, where God just brought him in while, you know, this pastor was out there searching and putting all his energy and fretting and all this kind of stuff. Not all the time, but it was so beautiful to see God do what he said he would do. Amazing. Let's look at this next scripture here, because once we have God show us uh, things, we need to trust him to make it happen. The healing, whatever. So I want us to go through here and let's do job descriptions again. What is your job description? What is God's job description? Okay. And we'll just go line by line. Trust in the Lord. Who's that? Us. And do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Now I kind of look at that mostly because of personal experience (laughs) of be faithful where you are right now. This is where you are. This is the day, the season that you're in right now. Rejoice and be glad. And that Hebrew means release yourself fully into the season you're in. Sell out to where you are right now. Okay? Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. Who's that? Okay, God, you're my joy. Okay, I'm looking around here. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You know, I look horizontally. It doesn't look good. I look vertically. Oh, you know, that's what that means. And then, and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. Whoa, pretty good one. Okay, next. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust, again, that word, trust in him. And, and who's all that about? That's us. And he will act. Okay, whose who's is that one? He's gonna make it happen. He's on this. He's like, I'm on it. Okay, verse six, he will bring forth your righteousness as the light. Who's on that one? How cool is that? He's like, I'm gonna work righteousness in you. I'm gonna build in you the peaceable fruit of righteousness. By the way, in Hebrews, when it's talking about that, it's talking about going through times of discipline and being discipled, hard stuff. Endure all hardship as discipline. Okay, you know, which means God's discipling you. It doesn't mean he's mad at you. He's just trying to do stuff in your life. And then he, but he says, he'll bring, he will bring forth your righteousness. I'm really trying, God. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be more loving. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. He's like, just stay with me. Listen to what I'm saying. Stay connected to the vine. Keep taking in my life. Keep following me. I'll bring this out in you. Okay? And this one's cool. And your justice as the noonday. Who's doing that one? It's just not fair, God. It's just not fair. I'm trying my best and other people aren't, but they're getting blessed and I'm not and blah, 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 blah. And why did that guy get the promotion and I didn't get the promotion? And why did this happen to my family and that family across the street? They're a bunch of heathens, but their kids are doing great and mine are having a hard time, you know, and all that kind of stuff. God's like, I know what's fair. I know what's fair. Trust me. Don't get in there and, and trying to be the judge. Just let me be the judge. Okay, isn't that cool? Be still before the Lord. Who's that? Sometimes God's just like, shh, shh, shh. Bad, bad, shh, shh. No, I don't, shh. Have you ever had God do that to you? <laughs> he does it to me daily. Okay, be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. 
Fret not yourself uh, over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Next, refrain from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it only tends to evil. Wow, that's cool. I love taking that, that psalm right there and when I bump up against different issues in my life, I just put it on that grid. Okay, regard, these are my questions. This is, this, these are my concerns. This is what I'm worried about. This is what I'm hoping for. Now, what is my job and what is your job? I just wanna make sure my energy is on my side of it, okay? Now, let's look at another scripture here in Proverbs 22 because it, it's a lot of stuff about trust in the Lord. Well, how do we trust in the Lord? Do we trust in the Lord by singing more songs about God, you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. Well, that, that helps, right? Because we're reminding ourselves of the goodness of God. But, but this is really key. And it's back to the fact that Jesus speaks to us. Let's read this, uh, Proverbs 22. Do we have that one? Yeah. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. And who's the wisest one? Jesus. Apply your heart to my knowledge. Next. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you. Like this pastor we were helping last year. It'll just be pleasant if you just remember what I'm saying to you. You know, remember, I'm gonna do it. I said I would do it. And part of the thing is, is God's fulfilling his plan in your life day by day. He wants you to be in, in, in peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy, the kingdom of God. He wants it to be pleasant overall. Not that we're gonna bump up against junk. For it will be pleasant if you keep them. What, what is them? The words, what he's saying. Our big question needs to be, and this has become for Suzanne and I, our big question in life regarding anything is, God, what are you saying? And before we go try to figure stuff out on our own, when we hit something, all of a sudden, you know, we're learning. (laughs) Sometimes it takes a while just to get to that question. But the sooner we can get there and say, God, what are you saying? What are you doing right now? Then the quicker we get to hearing him, and then holding on to what he says, and then we're in a pleasant place of sitting and watching what God might do. Isn't that cool? So it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips, the next scripture, that your trust may be in the Lord. That's how we trust God. It's not, Jesus, I know you're gonna make it all right. Well, that's the first level. The second level is, what are you saying? And as soon as I have some information from him, that's what I hang on to. Uh, and then this is cool, kind of funny, like God's like, yeah, for those of you out there that think, oh yeah, well, that's, that's for Pastor Kurt and Emily, but not for me. Uh, I have made them known to you today, even to you. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Cool. So all of us, we're gonna close here. I'm gonna put one more scripture up and we're gonna close in just a minute here, but I want to invite you right now to think about the things in your life that are your big questions your big questions, your big concerns, and maybe even your big hopes and your big dreams because we all have them. And especially when you get older like Suzanne and I, um, sometimes you let those things go away and you, th- and you think maybe that wasn't real. Maybe that wasn't God. Um, your big questions, your big concerns, your hopes, your dreams, And just think of them in your mind right now. 
And because what we're gonna do as we close is we're just gonna lift those to the Lord and ask him what he has to say about them. And my challenge to you is spend time every day with your little antenna up, just saying, okay, I expect you to talk to me about my life. You said that you talk to me, that I will hear your voice, that I can grab your hand and you're gonna lead me somewhere. And that somewhere is a good where, <laughs> you know. You're the good shepherd, you're leading me into life and leading me into truth. We did uh, trick-or-treating the other day. I'm sorry if you're, not, don't, if you're mad at Christians that celebrate Halloween. We weren't really celebrating it. We were going with our grandchildren as they walked house to house to scavenge the neighborhood. We got home and our little three-year-old Farah just had a ton, you know, the, the little cute ones, they just dump all the candy in there, you know. And so she had all this stuff and it was so cute to see her take her little candy out one by one and lay them out and she was categorizing it. And like, this is all the, the big ones and the little ones and the brown ones and the, you know, and some of the different, you know, stuff. But she had it all laid out because she wanted to see all of her stuff. And this scripture that we're going to read here, let's, let's put it up, Psalm uh, 5. When I saw that, I just, it reminded me of this. Suzanne bumped into this psalm a couple, months ago, a couple weeks ago, and we shared it with each other. And it's been, been kind of a new way, process of doing what we're talking about doing uh, this morning. It says, O Lord, in the morning, which can mean every day in the morning, or it can be when you bump up against something new right away. First thing, oh Lord, in the morning, uh, you hear my voice. How good is that? <laughs> in the morning, I prepare a sacrifice for you and I watch. The word sacrifice there in other translations says, I will lay out all my requests. Um, I will put in order all of my concerns. Um, one uh, Hebrew definition means I will set the battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. I wake up every morning and I lay out before the Lord. I categorize and itemize and just put it all out there. And I say, God, this is my life right now. These are my concerns. One of the first things I do in my journal in the morning is I get down and I just... Whatever's in my head, I'm like, God, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. I'm, I'm not sure about this. I know you said this, but what does this mean? You know, and I, I just got a bunch of like a couple paragraphs of questions, <laughs> which is kind of like this scripture here that really kind of helped give us some framework to lay out my requests and my desires and my hopes and the issues and all this stuff and just categorize, okay, these are the things I'm worried about. These are the things I'm hoping for, whatever, however you do it, but put it all out there. And then it says, and watch. In the Amplified, it says this, in the morning, you hear my voice, O Lord. In the morning, I prepare a prayer and a sacrifice to you. And I love the word sacrifice because it's a pleasing sacrifice to the Lord when we come to him with our stuff. And we say, God, this, this is all my stuff. And he's like, I know, thanks for bringing it to me today. Isn't this awesome? We get to do this together. I get to bring you into life. I get to bring answers to you and you're here today to give all that stuff to me. And then it goes on and says, and um, oops. in the morning I prepare a, a prayer, a sacrifice for you and I watch and wait 
in expectation for you to speak. Isn't that cool? This is how I fight my battles. I wake up in the morning, I give it all to the Lord, I bump into an issue, I give it to the Lord, I lift it up to Him. It's a pleasing sacrifice. He's not like, oh, here's Tom again with a bunch of requests. What's new, Jesus? You know, and just kind of a lackluster fist bump. Here we go again. Uh, no, he's delighted. And, he's, and it's like the Bible talks about the offering of incense that comes up, the prayers of the saints. He's like, oh, I love this. My child's coming to me for help. He's abiding in me for life. He wants to hear what I have to say and because I want to bring him into life even more than he wants to go into life. We have our opportunity here, Jesus. Let's, let's, let's give Tom everything today. Give you everything, whoever it is. And then our posture isn't now go out and make it happen, right? Now I'm going to watch and I'm going to wait expectantly for you to speak. And he may speak something to us that does kind of involve a directive. Okay, I just want you to go talk to this person. I want you to really believe this and just spend some time holding on to my word about this healing in your life. And keep asking me every day what I have to say about that, you know, whatever it is. But it's all on him. Jesus said, I am the vine. The father is the vine dresser. He's in charge of everything. And you and I are branches. Let's hang on. Let's receive life from him every day in the morning. And let's lay our requests out before the Lord and hold on to the things that he says and hold on to him. And it'll be really awesome. God wants to do in us above and beyond anything we can ask or think. Let me just pray for us. And then uh, we'll let Pastor Kurt dismiss us. Lord, we love you and bless you. And we thank you, Lord, that you um, are such an amazing God. You've called us into covenant with you. And you're the God of the best covenant in the world because you handle both sides of the covenant. <laughs> you get everything all set up and you gave yourself fully, Jesus, for us. You laid down your life. And then uh, you say, hey, all you have to do is just stay with me, stay in relationship. I'm going to make it happen. And you actually work in us to will, even when we don't believe that you can do this in our lives. Lord, you're saying, just keep listening to me. Just keep listening to what I have to say because I will bring you into belief, into faith, into life, into truth. That's all on me if you'll just stay with me. And so, Lord, give us grace just to stay with you in the game. <laughs> just to hear what you're saying, to come to you with our questions and realize, God, that you are as delighted with our questions as you are with our correct answers. And we give you thanks and praise, Lord. You are our God. We are your people. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Tom a hand, if you would. Very good and practical stuff. Why don't you guys stand on your feet this morning? just want to mention that uh, on your way out, um, Pastor Tom has some product out there, um, worship, worship stuff, which is amazing. I encourage you to check it out. It, it'll... You know, when you're praying about these petitions and you're spending time with the Lord, it's actually good to put that stuff on in the background and, and uh, really good stuff. We're going to continue our series next week on stewardship, so we'll see you guys here next week, 10 o'clock. And let me just pray over here and we'll dismiss. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your kindness in our lives, Lord God. 
And we just ask as we go with you, Lord God, we learned about what it means to be a father, what your role is today, God. We learned what it means to be sons and daughters today too. What is our role, God, in this? And God, I pray that we would leave this place, put this stuff to practice, this relate, God, because we're in a relationship, Lord God. We're sons and we're daughters. We thank you, God, that you are moving on our behalf, Lord God. We love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right, guys, have a great week. God bless you. We'll see you at 10 o'clock on Sunday.